0: The sources of migraine headaches have long been a mystery in medicine. Over the years, many theories have come and gone, with few enduring leads on a debilitating problem that affects millions of our patients. Could finding a new therapy for migraines bring us back to the root cause of this condition? You are listening to ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon. Our guest today is Dr. Joel Saper, Director of the Michigan Head Pain and Neurologic Institute in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the Principal Investigator of Clinical Research on Occipital Nerve Stimulation as Treatment for Migraine Headaches. Welcome, Dr. Saper. Thank you,
1: Mark. It's nice to be here.
0: We are discussing a new way to interrupt the pain of migraine headaches. Dr. Saper, take us through the process of your research in this occipital nerve stimulation.
1: Well, Mark, it starts with the fact that the trigeminal system, which of course covers the face and the head, the fibers enter the brain at the pons, but the fibers then descend all the way to the neck, and they synapse and then go upstairs and go back up to the brain. So at the level of the neck, there is an opportunity to stimulate higher parts of the brain. And in intractable headache patients, we have come to see that certain stimulations at the cervical second and cervical third level can actually turn off the headache.
0: But isn't the migraine headache in part at least based on a vascular abnormality?
1: Well, the blood vessels are involved, Mark, but the research of the last several years has shown that the blood vessels are of secondary importance and that the source of the migraine is actually disturbances at the level of the brain itself and that these circuits, these brain circuits, when interrupted can actually interrupt the entire evolution of a migraine event.
0: Well, how do you interrupt these circuits?
1: By placing an electrode near the occipital nerve which carries sensory information from the back of the head into the spinal cord level at C2, the cervical uh, second cervical level and third cervical level. Somehow we've been able to interrupt that circuitry possibly through modulation that occurs either at the cervical level or in the brain itself. When we took five or six patients who were under the mode of stimulation, who were we we were actually stimulating and image them under an MRI imaging technique, functional MRI, we could actually see areas of the brain stem and higher up light up as we turned up the vibrator, the stimulator system. The patient would receive a vibrating buzz and when we turned it down, the area would light up less brightly. So we knew that we were in fact controlling some of the upper parts of the brain.
0: Well, where exactly is this electrode or whatever implanted?
1: It's implanted under the skin. It's subcutaneous. The technique was developed by Dr. Richard Weiner, a neurosurgeon in Dallas, Texas. And that imaging, incidentally, that I made mention of was done by Dr. Peter Goadsby at Queen Square in London. But what the procedure is today is that through an incision... A wire electrode is implanted in the subcutaneous tissue of the neck in the back of the head and neck area, high in the cervical spine. And then a wire is coursed down under the subcutaneous tissue to go to the battery and generator pack.
0: And does the patient initiate the battery impulse or is this automatic?
1: Well, in the study that we did, which we just reported at the American Headache Society scientific meeting in Boston this past week. In that study, we had four modes of therapy, actually three modes of therapy. The first mode was that the patient actually controlled the impulse. The second mode of therapy was that the patient did not control the mode. The mode of therapy, the intensity of the stimulation was fixed, could not be modified by the patient. The third mode of therapy was that patients in the control group, the second control group, would just take medicine. And so they and the uncontrollable stimulation, those were the two comparators that we compared to the primary treatment group, which was that group that could control their own stimulation.
0: And what did you find?
1: We found surprisingly that up to about 39% of individuals who controlled their own stimulation When compared to those who had a what we call preset stimulation, they couldn't control it, or those that took medicine, had a uh, positive responder rate, which meant that there was either a 50% reduction in the pain or a significant reduction in the pain or other variables of pain were improved to the point of reaching statistical significance.
0: If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and our guest today is Dr. Joel Saper, Director of the Michigan Head Pain and Neurological Institute in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the Principal Investigator of Clinical Research on Occipital Nerve Stimulation as Treatment for Migraine Headaches. We're discussing a new way to interrupt the pain of migraine headaches. Dr. Saper, why does it seem in my practice in general surgery, and I'm sure in practices of all specialties, patients who have headaches seem to be so dissatisfied with the treatment that they get in terms of efficacy and improving their situation?
1: Headaches are very hard to help. And the primary headaches like migraine, Mark, are actually genetically determined in a person's brain. About 80 to 90% of people with migraine have a genetic predetermination. And so their systems are overly sensitized to respond to treatment. So when we're treating people with headache, although we have some remarkable outcomes in some patients, there's many, many patients who just, at this stage of our science, are not gonna respond to standard treatments. Plus, many times the lives of our patients are so complex And the events to which they are exposed are so complex and so troubling that they simply continue to provoke their own headaches.
0: Is occipital nerve stimulation appropriate for patients who have non-migraine headaches?
1: Well, we're going to determine that. It's an interesting story because the original group that was used in the first open-label anecdotal trials that were done were actually patients who were not thought to have migraine and they were thought to have some other neck or back-of-the-head pain syndrome. And it was later discovered by some of us that some of those patients did indeed have migraine, and we decided, with the help of Medtronic, the company that actually makes the stimulator, to study a group of patients for which there were clear, defined diagnostic criteria so that we could study a population that was consistent with the goal of the FDA which was to have a clear diagnostic category.
0: Is it always clear differentiation between the patient with a migraine and other types of headaches?
1: Not in many cases because in an episodic migraine, one that occurs periodically, where a person is perfectly normal between attacks and then one has a textbook event with throbbing headaches and nausea and vomiting, light sensitivity, uh, and so on and so forth, that's pretty much a migraine headache. But what we studied in this study and what is out there in 4% of the population, 4% of the public, is what we call chronic migraine, which is an evolution, a progression of the episodic migraine to daily persistent headache, which has some migraine forms at times and doesn't have the migraine features at other times. But it's almost a day-in and day-out headache, 28 to 29, 30 days a month. And when one reaches that progression of migraine, which we now call chronic migraine, it is often very difficult to differentiate that condition from sometimes other more serious medical problems that can mimic a day-in and day-out headache.
0: When one has the occipital nerve stimulation device, what do they feel?
1: They feel a buzz, a little vibration. Most people find it to be comfortable or certainly not uncomfortable to the extent that they would stop it. Some people do not like the sensation and can't stand it, but most everybody who was given this trial tolerated the procedure quite well with respect to the perception of vibration.
0: Now, when the occipital nerve stimulation stimulates the occipital nerve, does it just go on and then off and that just totally eradicates or decreases the intensity of the headache?
1: Well, the people that could modify the stimulation themselves told us that they would turn it up or turn it down, depending upon how they felt. And so they were sort of able to ride the waves of the headache cycles, and when the headaches would be more intense, they would turn it up, and when it seemed lessened, or when they wanted to sleep, if the vibration bothered them, they would turn it down. But people were different, and some people left it on at a higher level all the time, and some people only used it occasionally.
0: At the present time, is this FDA approved?
1: No, it's not FDA approved. This was a feasibility study, which means that we were doing a pilot study to see how a study could be performed. It was randomized, double-blind, controlled study. Actually, there was a couple of investigators who the implanters, people that actually did the surgery, they knew of course what kind of treatment were going to be given. But the investigators at each site, it was multiple sites, such as the neurologist who were managing these folks, they did not know whether the person could modify their own stimulation or had preset stimulation. So it was almost double blinded but not a hundred percent. And the patient of course did not know either which therapy was supposed to work better than the other. But the FDA has approved this study But this was a feasibility study to determine what variables we want to study in the future and how people would tolerate this under controlled circumstances.
0: So, Dr. Saper, if you could look into your crystal ball for one second and look at this fascinating subject of occipital nerve stimulation for migraine headaches, what are you going to see five, ten years down the road?
1: Well, I think that stimulation of the brain... Whether it's deep brain stimulation, such as electrodes into the deep parts of the, of the cerebral cortex or other parts of the brain, or stimulation of peripheral nerves or occipital nerves or spinal cord, are clearly going to become an increasing therapy for people with very difficult neurological and painful problems. And the applications are many right now, from Parkinson's disease to various types of pain syndromes the occipital nerve stimulator is yet to be proven, and I certainly wouldn't want to overreach in what this study showed. It showed very preliminary data that would support a positive conclusion in some cases. And now we want to refine the study, do a bigger study, and see if we can replicate the positive
0: results. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Joel Saper. We've been discussing a new way to interrupt the pain of migraine headaches. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill. And you have been listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM One Fifty Seven, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com, featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at triple eight MD XM One Fifty Seven. And thank you for listening.